Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks the simple question. When you told the judge jury duty was against your religion, what the hell were you thinking? This is the Thursday, July 16th, 2015, I Talk the Law on the Law One edition of the show, looking at the sad state of the American legal system and how I fit into it by trying real hard to get out of jury duty. The What the Hell Will You Think It podcast is brought to you by Sal Luizanetta Esquire. You know you did that shit. Sal knows you did that shit, so why fuck around with it? Sal will get you a deal. No matter what you done did, Sal will get you three to five minus time served, even if you whack that fucking guy. Sal Luizanetta Esquire. When you're guilty and you know it, ask for Sal. If you would like to sponsor the show, call me up. Uh, I see if you guys can't get you a deal with like the gist or something because you can do a fucking lot better than this piece of shit show. These days, a trip to the snail mailbox is greeted with the same sort of enthusiasm as you get with a raven from Winterfell. You know you don't want to know what the hell is in there. You're pretty sure you aren't going to like it, but if you don't read it, someone is going to get murdered at a wedding. This might be unique to my personal situation. I, I have some relatives that are into some strange stuff. Recently, however, the Raven dropped a notice from the New York City court system advising me that I had been selected to fulfill my duty as a citizen by sitting with a jury of my peers in judgment on a fellow New Yorker. I'm 46 years old. I've never sat on a jury in my life, but I'm an American who loves his country very much and I'm all about fulfilling my obligations as a citizen, so naturally I began brainstorming ways to get out of jury duty. And I don't really think it's fair for me to be on a jury because I'm a hologram. You seem fine to me. Report to jury room B. Charles what now? Excuse me, Imperial Guard. How long do these arson trials typically last? A couple weeks probably. You can drop the voice. Oh, this used to get me out of jury duty in Chicago all the time. This ain't Chicago, honey. Look at these people. Oh, my. Hey, I'm no stranger to the criminal justice system. I spent 15 years in various iterations of law enforcement. I've testified at more times than I can remember in cases big and small and found the experience universally painful. I've been the litigant in the civil court system and found the process excruciating. I've even been through housing court, which is like being held down by aliens and rectal probed by a large metal porpoise. I'm not saying that's actually happened to me to allow a comparison. I'm just saying that when I think of what it might be like, it's a lot like being in housing court. So it's not like I'm not familiar with court proceedings or being violated by small gray men from Alpha Centauri. Any experience with the criminal justice system is by definition bad, unless you're being paid a shitload of money to be there. 
you know, you're a reptile in an expensive suit who forms the backbone of America's worst institutions, namely Congress and the courts. But jury duty, oh my god, that has to be the worst. I've seen them, the poor bastards, trapped in their little box, the drool forming in the corners of their mouths, their eyes glazed, expressions blank, as they try to keep awake through hours of lawyers arguing infinitesimally small detail in arcane languages, none of which which is, is relevant to reality. I mean, it's a lot like listening to anyone talk about or argue about fantasy sports, only somehow even more boring. Welcome back to the show. Joining me here in studio, Chris McBrien, the uh, host of Dear Mr. Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which, coincidentally, you can also hear right on our network, the Fantasy Sports Network. Lots of baseball news. Welcome back. Your second appearance. Glad to have you here. Ah, thanks for having me back. Obviously, uh, you brought me back, so that's usually a good sign. Unfortunately, we can't pay you Miguel Cabrera money. Mm-hmm. Who can? Sorry, I I nodded off there for a second. It's possible that the law, like so many elements of this American life, you know, the actual one we're living, not the blackballing bastards at NPR, is fucked up by its portrayal on television. People seem to think that police work is all about driving around in really hot Humvees and standing over corpses who are somehow still sexy, even though they're dead. And then we pull our sunglasses off and say, well, based on the evidence, it's clear she was too beautiful to live. Would I tell you that no corpse is ever good looking, except maybe Mary Jane's last dance, though reliable sources say that Kim Bassinger was not technically dead during that video? You have to believe me. Police work, particularly at major crime scenes, is a lot of standing around, waiting for different people to show up, do one specific thing, and then leave. The most exciting thing you might do is take a couple of measurements, write down some names, and hope the coroner gets the body out of there quickly so you can turn the scene over to the crime scene guys. No amount of Lenny Briscoe wit is ever going to make scraping brains off your shoe after stumbling over a suicide funny. That lawyering is even more excruciating than police work. I've known some lawyers who are quite clear on the point that they do not engage in routine, exciting monologues. They rarely even get to shout things at a trial like, Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Yeah, that never happens. God, that was a good movie before Tom Cruise got all fucking weird. The law, as any lawyer will tell you, is actually really boring. Oh, sure, I mean, it looks good on television, because you see the edited version. What you do not see is the 348 billable hours that the lowest-ranking lawyer in the firm spent reading case law that goes something like appellate pursuant to section 207.11, paragraph A, line 14, quote, limits the, unquote, in Schmegma versus Deuce Nozzle, Arizona 12th Circuit, part D, 01-12-1913, argues that, 
quote, limits the except in cases, unquote, as ruled by Judge Smales in Smegma versus Douchemarshal, Arizona Court of Appeals, Part 2, 01-21-1915, ad nauseum for thousands of paragraphs, all define the exact couple of words that someone said once before that proves you were right and the other party are lying bastards. In this respect, it's exactly like arguing with your spouse. I'm sorry, I promise I won't do that again. That was just really annoying, but still. It's a great drop. The law. It's boring. It rarely results in the outcome you expect, and 99% of the time, you regret having anything to do with the process. It's like dating a stripper, really. Americans routinely say our criminal justice system sucks worse than accidentally drinking a beer when you find out that there's a cigarette butt at the bottom. Um, if you're gonna spew, spew into this. In 2009, a Gallup poll found that 28% of the people had a quite a lot of confidence or a great confidence in our legal system, while 71% had none to some, and this was actually up from the 80s and 90s. Face it, I mean, we all saw the OJ trial. We got to see how the sausages are made. It wasn't pretty. And of course, African Americans and Latinos have a slightly different perspective when asked what their confidence in the criminal justice system is. 89% of respondents replied, Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important. Peace. And of course, the American civil liability system is widely regarded by the rest of the world as the best system money can buy. And God, do they buy a lot of it. For some reason, if you're a corporation who makes one, say, a tiny little mistake, like leveling a village in India with a sudden outpouring of toxic gas, you really want to be sued in the United States. I'm not a lawyer, but the tort process appears fairly simple when it comes to corporate liability. The two sides, they they gather up a giant pile of money, and then they put it on a scale. The heaviest pile of money wins, and the lawyers get to keep both piles. Now, of course, this civil liability system is not just for corporations. It's available to you and me, the common everyday man, if you can gather a huge pile of money. It's just that you, me, and every other person personally cannot. I had the misfortune to attempt a redress of grievance through the civil courts a few years ago. I had this wonderful lawyer who worked entirely pro bono, a Latin word meaning in their spare time, trying to defend my good name against some truly malicious accusations, which had nothing to do with anyone's wife or girlfriend, as far as you know. I just wanted the other person to stop saying entire lies about me, but they were free to continue saying whatever horrible truths there were, and there were plenty. We sued for millions, the lawyer and I, which, frankly, I'm not worth millions. If you were to total my lifetime net worth, you couldn't even purchase a certified pre-owned Lexus. They'd have to send your ass down to that 1993 Kia Sorento with 600,000 miles on it parked at the end of the lot. But our strategy was really simple. We would continue to cost them money to fight us, 
until they agreed to a deal where they just stopped saying bad things about me and admitted that they were giant doo-doo head. I kind of just wanted that last part in there. I wasn't sure that that was a legal terminology. Sadly, what happened was they got a pro bono lawyer and both of us realized that it would cost each of us about $30,000, even with pro bono lawyers, to litigate this stupid, stupid trial. We ended up settling the case where both of us agreed that we would never, ever speak it of again. Except here I am, talking about it. I mean, what the hell is she going to do? Sue me? Although I'm fairly sure she don't have a whole lot of love. I certainly don't. The system isn't made for you or me. If we have a problem, we've got three options. Judge Judy, the People's Court, or Judge Joe Brown, and honestly, you probably aren't weird enough to qualify for any of them. If you are caught in the criminal justice system, your options are slightly better. At least you could stand the outside shot of not being executed for a crime you didn't commit, so long as you're white. It's not entirely the system's fault, since it's overwhelmed with broken windows violations, which, of course, are the small quality-of-life offenses like smoking marijuana in public, while black, or, say, public intoxication, while black, or, you know, just driving down the road, while black. I mean, hey, assuming you're a white man or a white woman, you've got nothing to worry about. Nonviolent drug offenses make 40% of federal cases, so you can extrapolate that the state and local jurisdictions where the vast majority of arrests are drug violations of one stripe or another are significantly larger. Whether or not you agree with the legalization of some drugs, you've got to admit locking people up for selling weed is only creating a better class of criminal. Shit, going to jail for a minor drug charge is pretty much an apprentice program. If you happen to get locked up and you don't have a drug syndicate to pay your legal fees, you can look forward to a public defender who who is either too incompetent or too idealistic to get into private practice, and I leave it to you to decide which one is actually worse. They will spend roughly three minutes with you while they figure out which plea deal to plead down to and be gone before you were able to finish explaining that while you actually are African American, you didn't actually commit the crime the cop picked you up for. A good public defender will tell you that guilt or innocence, well, ain't nobody got time for that. Take the plea, do the time, and just get on with your life. The system isn't built to explore truth or innocence or explore ideals of justice. This isn't 12 angry men. This is 1,200 angry people. They gotta clear this week so they can get paid if you're looking for Lady Justice. The only way you're gonna find her is to date a stripper whose dad used to be a cop. If you're actually looking to spend the least amount of time in jail, you should take the fucking plea. It's strange you're actually better off being accused of a big crime like murder. Your odds of getting a decent lawyer are actually slightly better. And if they're at all media savvy, they might cut you a deal for man two, three to five, versus the murder charge. This is your best hope. Doesn't matter whether you did it or not. Come on, people. (laughs) Did you not listen to Serial? 
Do you know how bad the actual lawyers are? I talked to you last night, and you said that you were at Logan's house. That was not the truth, was it not? Not that you want to be in on a murder trial or any trial you didn't commit. But really, that just doesn't happen that often. Look, as liberal as I am, I was also a cop for 15 years. I will tell you that most of the people accused of the crime actually did it. They know it. The cops know it. The lawyers know it. The judge knows it. The jury knows it, too. Which is why in so few cases actually go to trial. If an innocent person framed makes good TV in real life... It makes for an incredibly rare tragedy. The better question we need to be asking is locking up people for shit they actually did worth our time. Frankly, if your crime didn't harm anyone, why do you need to be in jail? You probably don't even need to be on trial. A lot of cities are moving towards appearance tickets for minor offenses, which is basically a traffic ticket for smoking pot. Unless you're peddling your wares to school kids like a tobacco company with a cartoon camel, you really don't need to be arrested. But I didn't come here today to talk about crime. I came here to talk about jury duty. When I go to the courthouse next week to report for jury duty, I'm not going to try and get out of it. I'm going to honestly answer the questions, and if I'm called to sit in the jury, I will do my very best to be objective and fair and vote the evidence presented, not my biases or even for the hottest lawyer. The only way I will change my mind is if one of the lawyers pulls a Jack McCoy in his closing. Mr. Pressman is right. This is not a First Amendment issue. We can all agree that what we see powerfully affects us, but that doesn't excuse us from being decent human beings or from making moral choices. What we choose to watch and how we react is up to us. I'm a cisgendered hetero male, and I would fuck Sam Waterston in a heartbeat. God, you silver fox bastard. Come, give me your legal briefs. Sorry, I I got a little carried away there. Face it, most of you don't vote, or if you do, you only vote in presidential elections. You certainly don't serve in the military, and you've got no choice but to pay your taxes. So you'll end up on the other side of the jury box. Serving on a jury is the one time in your life, unless you live in Gotham, uh, where your crime is so rampant, they have like 50 or 60 vigilante heroes. I mean, and the jury pool turns over like once every three weeks. It's going to be a one-time deal. So just go do it. It's the only civic responsibility you have. Just walk into the courthouse. Maybe you go with a friend, and you walk up to the court clerk, and you say, Hey, we're here to serve on the jury. I guarantee you the reaction will be worth the moment. Oh, they will stare at you a long time on that one. In fact, they might even back up several feet. Seriously, jury duty has something for everyone, no matter who you are. Say you're the hardcore law and order crime type. You get to put a guilty person in jail. Say you're the lefty-lib sort of peace and love person. 
you get to set an innocent person free. And if you're the sort of Henry Fonda type, you could hang up the entire trial and piss off every single person in the courthouse. It's perfect for the sociopathic asshole who hasn't committed a crime. Jury duty is the one small step in making our criminal justice system just a tiny bit better or a little worse, depending on what kind of person you actually are. Uh, sure, it'll be boring. It'll take up a couple of days where you won't be paid. But I, I, I'm actually kind of sure they feed you, and maybe you could meet a hottie on the jury who has her own private room at the retirement home. The two of you could slip off during lunch and maybe wriggle her out of those support hose. Mmm, sexy just like Barry White. Barry White would even say. And the number one romantic word when spoken by Barry White. Here we go. Oprah. That's it for the show this week. Our music, as always, is by the band Hypnostate. You can find their music on Jamindo.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast, Facebook at What the Hell Podcast, or on the web at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. And remember, when you're breaking rocks in the hot sun, you fought the law and the law won, or you've signed up for that chain gang workout. And I hear Leo DiCaprio is doing that to get in shape for Ocean's Eleven Ninety Three. Whatever. We'll see you guys next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.